Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I got a really quirky one for you today. This one is absolutely wonderful. To tee you up just a little bit for our listeners before I introduce our guest. Energy poverty is about producing the lowest cost kilowatt per hour to everyone on the planet with the least amount of impact on the environment. We cannot get carbon net zero without natural gas, without nuclear, and eventually when the technology is there for renewables, I don't care what kind of power we use, but that brings up our next guest. We have Mike Pollack, and I'm, I got to read his title here on his uh, LinkedIn. Absolutely cool. And uh, it is astrophysicist who specializes in quantum chromodynamic, chromodynamic, I'll have him pronounce it, you know, being from Chromodynamics. Yeah, thank you. Uh, bless you. <laughs> uh, and quark plasma reactor. So welcome, Mike. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm doing fine. I appreciate you having me on. I'll tell you what, I've been uh, taking a look at your stuff and I invited you on the podcast because of uh, your LinkedIn posts. And how are you doing this or how is, where is your mission and what are you seeing out there? With Is a quirky uh, reactor a or quirk reactor, is it a, what is it? Well, Obviously, we've been working on fusion since 1956, and uh, we've America alone has put in $36 billion into trying to figure out how it works. Right. And uh, we it's not working. And uh, that's there's something else out there that's powering the black holes, stars and planets for billions of years. And uh, I think we've kind of covered the fact that fusion is not it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this is against what 100% of the scientific community believes, but, uh, you know, fusion is nucleosynthesis, which is the creation of a heavier element with two lighter ones. And this reaction requires energy, mm-hmm. you know, in every other aspect. But when it comes to fusion, we have made it, you know, create amazing amounts of energy. And it's uh, it's all because of the Big Bang Theory that we believe that. And uh, uh, so uh, fission uh, and fusion, fusion is putting them together. Fission is pulling them apart. And that's yes. what. Um, and, and so. Uh, there's always a big fear. I think the fear is overstated in fusion reactors. We've been running them in ca- aircraft carriers and everything else for years. The only downside is uh, the the spent waste. But with a fission reactor, you're going to get uh, you get to use other waste. Is that correct? Uh, you mean a fusion reactor? Right. Or a, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yes. you know, you use tritium with fusion. Right. And there's some really big problems with with tritium that okay. nobody really seems to focus on. Um, first of all, it's almost one hundred thousand dollars a gram. Wow. 
it's up to $100,000 a gram. And uh, it also is radioactively dangerous. Right. So, you know, you, you already have some big problems with trying to use that as a fuel. Okay. Um, recently, there was a, a, a leak at a, a nuclear fission plant that leaked out 300,000 gallons of tritium-laced water. And right. the whole place went, you know, the town went crazy. And it's because it's dangerous. It's got a half-life of 12 and a half years. And it, it's, uh, it really is not a viable fuel for fusion. Right. Well, that was almost a setup because as we look at the quark plasma reactor, and as I have my producer uh, take a look at this, I'll make sure they have your uh, LinkedIn article here. And the diagram shows a quark plasma reactor uh, and you have the red uh, arrow for our podcast listeners. It is a, a diagram and there's actually hydrogen fuel at the core. Can you explain how all this works? Yes. You know, from fission, you break up atoms to make energy. Right. And a quark plasma reactor is matter breaking up, broken up as much as it can be into quarks. Okay. And when this happens... There is the the catalyst for the energy becomes the space that we are living in, um, which is called zero point energy. Okay, and um, we don't we don't the Big Bang theory is not letting us understand what zero point energy is because when the universe was created, it was created out of quark gluon plasma, huh. and that was all the universe was made of. It did not include space itself, which is why we have dark matter and we don't understand dark matter. And what what becomes the the catalyst for this is the field of space, which is absolute zero. Uh, it causes light to bend and it gives different forms of electromagnetic radiation, different speed limits which one of my posts explains when the house the house gets blown up uh, by the uh, hydrogen bomb right. and the the house gets completely burned before it moves at all by the gamma the gamma radiation and the x-ray radiation and then you see the visible light hit the house so you don't you don't see the visible light hit the house until it's been fried and then it gets exploded by the force of the atmosphere. But um, it, it's this field of space that we have forgotten about by making the Big Bang Theory that created dark matter and is the catalyst for right. core plasma. Um, if you ask any fusion scientist what the catalyst is. When we turn our electricity off, there there's no answer. Uh, no no sign. I've never heard any fusion scientists explain what is going to take over when the electricity gets cut off. And without a without a natural catalyst to take over, there, there will never be any energy from it. Hmm. So um, that, in other words, the Big Bang theory is what created us to believe in fusion and. Unfortunately, I'm saying that it's wrong. <laughs> the Big Bang okay. Theory. Well, um, the only thing I knew about the Big Bang Theory is it, it is that TV show. And yeah. it, I was always wondering because, 
you know, I, I kind of liked it the first few years, but, but when you're, you're talking about uh, hydrogen fuel, is it the hydrogen that we talk about now? Is it a different form of hydrogen fuel? Well, it's, it's plain. The, the advantage of a core plasma reactor is that you don't have to go and use tritium. You can just use the cheap, plentiful hydrogen that, you know, is very cheap. Right. And the, the whole thing you're trying to do is break it up into its quarks. Um, you're not trying to fuse anything. You're trying to break it up just like you break atoms up in a fission reactor. Wow. What, what you're, and, and hydrogen is the most vulnerable, uh, element, you know, right. to space. So you could probably break any atom, uh, any element up, but when you have hydrogen, you already have an element that's already very vulnerable. Right. And when, uh, for instance, when lightning strikes, it creates gamma rays and scientists do not understand where these gamma rays come from. And that's because it because of, it doesn't understand dark matter and, and the field of space. But what is happening is that lightning is breaking up the atoms in our atmosphere and creating gamma rays. And when gamma rays are created, orcs are being separated. Now, our atmosphere snuffs it out immediately because the atom the corks immediately fuse with the atoms in our atmosphere but the electricity will break that hydrogen up and will be placed in a vacuum where there are no atoms for it to reattach to and the field of space will go through the walls of the reactor and keep the corks apart okay my head exploded, which, yeah. is, you know, I'm over here kind of I'm trying to put all this together. Yeah. Uh, where are we on the technology portion of this? I got to interview uh, Thomas Jam from Copenhagen uh, Atomics, and he's got a thorium reactor that they're able to start rolling out, uh, I believe, this year. And I'm trying to get him back on the show to see how they're doing. And they're putting theirs on really the small modular reactor space so they can build one a day. Now, where are we on, is this, is there even one in pilot testing? How do we go from this great conversation to production? And I know that's just even a wow. You know? Yeah. Well, if, if they're trying to fuse thorium or or whatever they are I, I i just have that one eternal question what what is going to be the the catalyst for their for their energy um right I, it's the most important question in all of physics uh and it's directly directly related to it, it's directly related to quantum gravity um okay. we don't we don't understand quantum gravity and they're all intermixed. Quantum gravity is directly related to this catalyst. Okay. So um, if uh, some company wanted to visit with you about this, you could share your opinions and everything else and try to get you rolling down the road. Is that a fair statement? I would love to do that. Um, the problem is, is the education is completely hellbent on getting fusion to work. And uh, it's hard to convince anybody that it is not going to work 
even if it takes another 30 years. I mean, right. we've been trying for so long to do it. And if you base everything on tests and observations, right, it's not good. It's used a lot of money, a lot of time. And uh, right. unfortunately, our planet really needs us to figure it out. And it's it's not happening. I, I couldn't agree more. And And hydrogen, I love hydrogen. There's some problems with hydrogen. You know, when you take a look at, you know, the the Hindenburg, I'm kidding, but I mean, you take a look at, uh, it takes a lot of water to make hydrogen. And when you're, you know, they have all the different, they have the rainbow effect of, uh, is it natural gas? Is it gray? Is it green? Is it blue? You know, and you, and you try to sit back and, and uh, I can understand that a lot easier than some of your conversation, Mike. So, you know, in the, you know, in the, in the blue, it's, it's like the natural gas version of it so that you can use natural gas. And, you know, I think that that's the cleanest. Yeah. Personal opinion. Then you recapture the heat and generate uh, off of that. But there's some real issues with hydrogen. Uh, I would love to see hydrogen fuel cells uh, before I would EVs. Uh, But that's my opinion. Yeah. The hydrogen is there's something to it. You know, we have to look out in space and we see stars and black holes and planets live for billions of years with no help. And um, what we have to realize, you know, what is doing that? You know, right. um, of course, obviously, everybody says it's fusion because, you know, grab the only thing that the Big Bang gave scientists to use was hydrogen and gravity. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah the cork, the cork blue on plasma was created and it cooled to hydrogen. So scientists the only choice they had was to take the hydrogen and say, huh, well, I guess just gravity squeezed the hydrogen together and made all the energy. You know, the the Big Bang Theory is what forces them to think that that fusion is the answer. You know, I'm sitting here, Mike, and every time, I'm sorry, the Big Bang Theory, I just see Sheldon doing something stupid. Every time you say that, I have to pull myself back into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, my apologies if you see me rolling in the floor, you know, kind of thinking something stupid about Sheldon. I got to yeah. the writers on the Big Bang Theory were were pretty funny. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, OK, back. Let me regress back into this conversation. <laughs> How big or small can you make a quark plasma reactor? I mean, you could make them. You, you could make them power a whole city or you right. could make them power a house or a car. No um, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All you need is a place with a vacuum to apply the hydrogen, the quarks. And, you know, I, I can't wait to build the first one. Obviously, I can't do it myself. But what we're going to see is the ability of this to create electricity, plug in electricity from these things. Right. And it's the exact same concept as uh, as lightning that our Earth creates. Right. It is the exact same concept. Uh, the dark matter comes in as the catalyst to the reaction, and that what that dark matter is coming in to hit the clouds, but the clouds are not 
uh, right. grounded. So what does basically I believe that space is an extremely pressurized absolute zero field of sterile electron neutrinos. All right. And when they come, when our core uh, manipulates space with its with its core, uh, they come in from space to cause gravity, but they also come in and hit the clouds and they add, they reform into electrons in, in the clouds, which is exactly how the core plasma reactor will create electricity. Nice. The, the, the clouds build up so many extra electrons that they have to let release them. And this explains why there's lightning in uh, volcanic ash clouds, because there's no water in a volcanic ash clouds. And scientists do not understand why there's lightning in volcanic ash clouds and not in uh, regular uh, water-based clouds. Let me ask a stupid question, which is typical. No stupid questions. Oh, well, you haven't heard mine yet. (laughs) So in a natural gas or coal, we always heat, uh, you know, water or you have those kind of things to get the steam, to get the electricity. Am I understanding this right? You don't even have to have something like that in order for this thing to generate electricity? No, you will not. It will it will create electricity just like lightning. Uh, That's what I was it'll thinking. create heat also. And because wow. yeah, yeah, it'll create heat as well that we can use to create steam, but the main goal it will have is to create electricity because that's the that's the holy grail, you know, to to not have to oh, yeah. heat water, heat water to steam, turn a turbine, you know, you, these, it'll directly do it. If these reactors could be made much like the uh, thorium reactors uh, that um, Copenhagen Atomics makes, it'd be pretty cool to have them on an, a very quality controlled assembly line, uh, you know, to make modular reactors or even use them in trucks. This could be an absolute wonderful story. We need to get me, you and Elon to t- talk about this because I think this would be a a wonderful, I'm going to tag him. He doesn't know. Who yeah. But, you know, I've tried, I, believe me. <laughs> I've tried. He, I don't get anything. Uh-oh. I don't get anything from anybody. <laughs> so you're the Rodney Dangerfield of quark plasma and yeah. physics. Okay, I like that. See, I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of the podcast world. You know, we get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would consider myself the Galileo of of science right now because. I'm trying to tell the world that he, he was trying to tell the world that the earth is not the center of the universe. Right. And I'm trying to tell the world that the universe cannot be created because every law in the book gets broken with this. You don't know where the matter came from. You don't know why it expanded. You don't know right. where the energy came from. I mean, it's... um. You know, Edwin Hubble discovered the galaxies expanding. Right. He did not discover the the universe expanding. And he nobody has told us, but he he did not agree with the expanding universe. Hmm. You know, everybody says, well, Hubble discovered the expanding universe. No, he did not. He 
discovered the expanding galaxies and he was against the expanding universe because it broke all the laws. And Einstein once visited Hubble and tried to convince him, you know, you know, you you discovered the universe expanding. He said, no, no, I didn't. And he did not. Einstein did not convince him and uh, rightfully so. Hmm. So unfortunately, that was I mean, I hate to say it, but assuming the expanding uh, universe was the biggest scientific mistake ever made. I mean, it it, it really was. If Elon was going to ask you a question, what would you say? He goes, let's say let's pretend I'm I can do a better Putin imitation than I can uh, Elon. I I have no clue how to even get to his level. Um, But let's say. Elon asks you and says, Mike, what do you need? Oh, this is easy. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's easy because, it, it, you know, like, say, for instance, ITER in, in Europe, you know, it's like billions and billions of dollars on a giant, you know, spread of buildings and, and all this. And they're not building the reactor. They're just trying to make fusion work, you know. Right. And I'm ready to build the react, you know, and I'll answer your question. All you need is a steel sphere. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's going to be hollow and it's going to have very thick walls. So right there, how much is that going to be? It's 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 nothing. Um, If the government does it, it's going to have a huge, you know. (laughs) You know, market, yeah. a lot of graft, a lot of, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. But it, it, no matter how much they market up, it still is going to be insignificant compared to fusion. It'll be, and you need hydrogen, which is, I mean, it virtually costs nothing. And the hardest part about the reactor will be the electricity needed to break the hydrogen into quarks. And Lightning does that with about 30,000 amps. So we're, you know, fusion reactors are using a million amps right now. Right. And probably more than that. And we don't need anything like that to, to produce them. And also, say, for instance, you were going to make a quark plasma reactor for a house. Right. Well, you're, you're, I mean, a pound of, it won't even be a pound of hydrogen. It'll probably be more like a half a pound or a quarter of a pound. When it gets broken up right. and space will not let the quarks get back together, it is going to create energy for probably two years. Um, from I mean, what, what I'm explaining doesn't sound logical, but then again, we got to look out at space and look at these stars and black holes and everything that have been living for billions of years without any help. You know, it's like that, that's how magical this reaction is, you know? So uh, in a space travel kind of a thing, once you got one of these, this makes more sense to try to travel to Mars uh, using a quark plasma reactor as opposed to anything that we've got now. Yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about the UFOs. We've obviously been seeing a lot. And one of them, I swear, 
pulled up next to the jet, the military jet, and the guys were all freaking out. And I swear to God, this, this react, this, this object, or I mean, this UFO, it sat there and it spun. And I swear he was the, the, the aliens in that thing were saying, look, here's how we move our spacecraft. Right. I, I, I uh, if you, if you see it, uh, Boy, if you could you can, shoot, you, if you could uh, shoot that link, I'd love to put it in the show notes. So, yeah, uh, well, there's a whole 60 minutes, uh, you know, segment on it. And, okay, um, cool. Yeah, if you look up 60 minutes UFOs, they they show the guys, you know, four or five different people that are just right. they they came face to face with these things, and then and one of the comments was, you know, we've seen them every day for years. And the commentator was like, wait a second, every day for years? And he's like, yeah, so they're everywhere. And they're, they're using, they are manipulating space with quarks, not necessarily with a quark plasma reactor, but they have found some way to use quarks, separated quarks to manipulate space and create a force out of it. Wow. And yeah, yeah. I actually actually know someone who I trust extremely well, who I can't remember the year, but he was off of Florida, was overtaken by an orb. um, And it came out and, you know, his wingman click, click. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. No, they didn't really want to report it back then. And, no, they didn't. That's ex- that's the point in the people in the 60 Minutes interview. They were like, should we say anything? And it's like they they didn't want to. Their their careers could be in jeopardy. It's they right. just they didn't want to look crazy. And right. But now it's just irrefutable proof that they're out there and um and they're they're coming here from somewhere in our galaxy. Um, well, you, you know, know we got the, 400 billion solar systems in our galaxy. And like I've said a hundred times before, they they could easily have started life a million years before us. You know, so. well, you know, uh, my personal beliefs are are always that the was it was created. And and so I do believe in God and I believe in Jesus. But there are a lot of things we don't know flat out. I have no idea. And I'm always open to try to listen because God created doctors. He created physicists. So, you know, it's not a question of whether or not it, how it comes around or how you get that knowledge. It's um, an open for discussion instead of like a TV series sitcom. Yeah. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to talk about that point because when I say that the Big Bang Theory did not happen, I right. it makes me sound like an atheist automatically. And I know that turns off a lot of people, but that is not my case. I, okay. I have the, I, I believe everything was already here uh, when the Big Bang happened. And I believe that the Big Bang was simply two objects colliding in an already existing universe. Our Our universe essentially took turned itself into a a particle collider that we have here on Earth. Hmm. And 
the two the two pieces had the mass of the observable galaxies and the pressure and friction and speed of this collision uh put the matter that was just a rock that you pick up on the on the road it turned it into quark plasma shrapnel you know that's why the 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 galaxies are expanding because they're shrapnel and and as as with any other collision that you ever see that it's not perfect you know one one part goes this speed one goes this speed so if you assume that the whole universe is expanding then it's then it's going to look like it's accelerating right because some parts are going to be going faster than others and my, my point my point about uh about you know the big bang theory and stuff and and being an atheist not being an atheist is that god could have just easily have created the universe a trillion years ago and decided 13.8 billion years ago to slam the two objects together you know how how do we know what he really what we don't we don't that is an absolute great answer and i do like that because we don't know and when you you talk about uh, the asteroid and everything, the rock being um, shrapnel, uh, that'd be like trying to go hunting with Dick Cheney as he shoots you. You know, you you have to worry about where that shrapnel is coming from and who you go hunting with. <laughs> that had nothing to do with that conversation, but it was funny. So yeah, uh, well, we have to we have to figure out why they're expanding, and if you create the universe, you don't. You have no reason. You, you don't have any way to know. You don't have any way to know how they right. got their energy. And that's why you, they had to pick fusion as the reason that we have our energy. But if you if if you assume everything was already here following the first law of wow. thermodynamics, then you will you you have an answer for everything. So I, I that's not that's why I just wish we didn't wouldn't didn't you know, jump to conclusions when Hubble found the, the galaxy, the galaxies expanding. And uh, we really did. We jumped to conclusions. And now right. the Big Bang Theory is, as you know, a complete fact. I mean, it, right. there's no theory about it. So, well, I tell you what, Mike, you know, we're, we just about got two more minutes here on yeah. our, our podcast and I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate you stepping on here and really having a very, uh, what I thought, uh, a fun conversation about energy that I had not thought of. And yeah. so when I was reading your articles on, on LinkedIn, I was kind of like, all right, I got to figure out a little bit more. And my wife calls me quirky all the time. And I was like, Hey, I get to talk to this guy about quark plasma reactor. And she's like, you're too quirky. You would not have any idea what to ask him. So thank you so much for stopping by. Tell us how people can get a hold of you. Uh, well, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. You can, I'd, I'd love to, I, I could go into detail on many aspects like, like climate change and, uh, okay. you know, it, I, I can describe why it's so hot and so cold. We have a lot of cold records happening, but yeah, LinkedIn is, is basically where I go. Sounds great. I'll have all that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Mike, for stopping by. And if Elon wants to get a hold of us, we'll, I'll tell you what, let's have a podcast with Elon. Oh, I I would do anything for that. (laughs) That would be great. 
I believe uh, I'd even travel to his office. So yeah. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Lord. Oh yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. for that, subscribe, like, uh, pass this along to all your friends. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Uh, you can find all these on energynewsbeat.com podcasts are available on uh, Apple. Uh, they're available on Spotify, Podbay, Listen, uh, all the other ones that are out there. Thanks, and we will see you next time. <laughs>